Man, we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight in Vancouver, all my real fans. Yo, welcome. Yes, welcome to another episode of Sippin' on a 40. My name, yes, my name, Kyle Bowen. That's K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Vancouver, Vancouver, what a day. A a memorable day for for so many reasons. And a day that also, also is full of spite. And it is, it is in some way. And I thought I've, you know, grown out of these tendencies, right? Feeling backstabbed, feeling betrayed, having this animosity towards these grown men who are athletes. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm not a kid anymore. I should not feel offended. But here we have Jacob Markstrom and Chris Tanev, both going to Calgary. And that's something. That's something. How can I not feel away? And I'm I am happy for them both. Real talk, real talk. You, you gotta go get it. And in both cases, right? Chris Tanev, let's start with him. Been with the Canucks forever. Last time I checked, he's blocked over 18,000 shots. Think about that, people. 18,000 shots in his career. Unbelievable. I swear to you, I would watch this man play and ask myself, does he even care about his family? He's risking his life every game. Just so his team, just so our city would have a better chance at winning a hockey game. Again, risking his life every fucking night. He's a true warrior. I I don't know many players who play the game like Chris Tanev. Now, underlining numbers, right? The fancy stats. Those people. They think Chris Tanev sucks. And I'm not going to get into it, okay? I've been honest with you the whole time, right? Honest person, honest podcast. I bought the book Stat Shot because I told myself I have to understand these fancy stats. You got to be with those people, your people, your listeners. Learn the fancy stats. And I'll be honest, I need to take a course on, again, fancy stats, analytics. I can't learn them by myself. I can't. I can't. That stuff is complicated. Never was that good at that type of math. Now, I'll be honest, too, with this. Chris Tanev, not the same defenseman. You know, as he was, what, five, six, seven years ago? Obviously, the wear and tear. And yo, Father Tom, those are real things. It was borderline impossible for him to keep up that level of play. That being said, the the bad metrics aside, I don't think Chris Tanev sucks. I never thought that. I think he brings something else that, that doesn't show up via a metric it's 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 uncalled for what he does again uncalled for nobody is really saying hey do that block all those shots risk your life 
Real talk, he's risking his life. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Every night he's risking his life. That does something to that room. He he brings something else. So I don't think Chris Tanev sucks. I know people are complaining about the term. Four years, that's a long time. Four and a half million dollars. That's a lot of money now, you know, with the flat cap. That's a lot of money. It's not five and a half, I know that. But nowadays, four and a half for Chris Tanev is, is a lot. Again, revenue is, is no such thing. There's no such thing for a lot of these leagues. I will refuse to say Chris Tanev sucks. This contract sucks. Hey, it's 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 something I can't do because I'm again I'm already full. Well, not full, just partially, partially in that state of mind where I have some animosity towards Tanev and Markstrom because they're Calgary Flames. Now Markstrom. Gets six years, $36 million. That's a lot of money. He couldn't get that with the Canucks. And the interesting part about this is he probably could have if Demko didn't play that well for three games. And, and that's just a fact. That's a fact. You, you know it. You know it. This team, the way it's set up with Cap Hell, is only successful still, still with with top tier goaltending. And, and that's what Jacob Markstrom did for two seasons. And that's what Thatcher Demko did for three games. And that's a small amount of games. Real talk, three games to alter the course of your franchise. Again, a franchise that needs top of the line goaltending. Do not fool yourself. They need that. Not a big sample size, but a sample that was magnificent i have never seen goaltending like that it was ridiculous he, he was literally five minutes away from from the biggest robbery it, it seemed like in in quite some time again the the course of this franchise was was altered in those three games now he played those three games too because jacob marshall was hurt and, and he was getting hurt more and more he was that that again is a fact a damn good goaltender though when he's on and yeah this is a blow it's a blow to the organization you lost one of the best players in the nhl when you're one of the best goaltenders in the nhl and that's what De that's what markstrom i'm sorry was proving over the last two seasons you're one of the best players and the canucks did lose that and they lost it to the calgary flames are you fucking serious and that is why I do have some animosity towards those two. And again, I'm grown now. It shouldn't be the case. It is what it is. But I hate Calgary. I fucking hate Calgary. The Flames. Shout out to my family, but I hate the Flames. That is, that is in me. That's in my DNA. Early 90s, baby. Those or that. As I should say, that playoff series, that one playoff series. Man, that, that hurt. That hurt. I believe I was what? Maybe 10 or 11 years old. That really hurt. Man. Wow. I went to a dark place there, man. I went to a dark place. The, the first dark place in my life was courtesy of the Calgary Flames. So again, Markstrom and Tanev, 
Congratulations. You made the money. You both deserved it. Uh, real, real talk. They do. They've had long journeys, long journeys to get to this point. Go get that money. But, but also, <laughs> also, I don't wish you any luck. <laughs> no luck at all. No luck at all. It is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, let's talk about Braden Holpe and how, how I believe he, he's the right guy to replace Jacob Markstrom in some sense. Straight up. And it's mainly because, and this may, this may alarm people. This may piss some people off, right? I guess these things matter to me. It's his character. Uh, the Canucks just lost two high character dudes, Chris Tanev and Jacob Marsham. They, they help set culture when the team is having success. It's, it's just the right people you want in your dressing room. And just on top of being good people, they have that will to win every game. No matter who's in the lineup, they're playing that game to win. And they prove it by, you know, their excellence on, on the ice. And Chris Tanev doing whatever, doing whatever, risking his life for the city that he plays for. He is about to risk his life for Calgary. It, it's astonishing. Now, now back to Holpe, right? We've seen him play for just under a decade. And we've seen a ton of playoff games, right? The Capitals are always in. He's playing a ton of games and this dude seems wired. And everyone says he's once again a, a high character dude. Who will add on to this culture. He, he will. He will. He fits in that room with the guys like Petey and Hughes and Horvat and Miller and Besser. All those players. What makes the Canucks... In my opinion, but what makes them a team that can have a similar outcome or, or just add on to what they did in their previous year after an offseason where they lose some guys is because they have a culture now. It's, it's there. It's there. Uh, their top end players are highly motivated. Highly motivated. All they want to do is win. And they excel on, on the ice. Quinn Hughes, Elias Pettersson. Some of the best players in the league. Uh, they're also the most competitive players. Some of which in the league. Hopey adds to that. And when that culture is set, right? When that culture is set and those things are happening in that set dressing room. I think it does give more of an opportunity to younger players to players on ELCs who are now forced to, you know, fill those gaps. I think having that culture allows that process to be a little bit easier. Now, it's not going to strike gold with, with all of these guys. You know, the Ulevis, the Rathbones, the Rafferty's, the Hoglanders, the Lins. But it might with two or three. It might. That's an advantage this organization has, it's its culture. And, and am I jumping, jumping the gun after one semi, semi run in the playoffs, courtesy of a unusual format? Maybe, maybe. How do I know that that culture is set? It's only been 
a couple months of success? And the only answer is, the only answer is, again, the two best players on this team who once again are some of the best players in the league. They're, they're the team's most competitive players. Highly motivated. They set the tone. I don't have, I don't have it in me to doubt what this team is going to do when they're led by those guys until I see it. Because the first time we saw it, we did see, we did, we did see improvement with the organization, right? We did, we did. I don't know why I'm so, why I'm so calm with this. Again, we just lost the only reason this team was in the hunt, right? Jacob Markstrom bailing, bailing a horrible, horrible defensive team out. Why am I so calm? We lost those guys to Calgary. I should be a little, little bit more ticked off. I should have a little less faith in this process, in this program, in Jim Benning's team. But again, it's it's hard for me to doubt greatness and man, I, I have no doubt in my mind that those two are actually great. It, it is really a, a fascinating time to be a Canucks fan. And I can't wait to watch this team play again. I can't, I can't. It's good for the city. Anything else? Anything else on the agenda today? Oh, I saw I saw some people talking about this. I think J.D. Burke mentioned this uh, um, a couple months ago, probably around the deadline. And he was talking about how, how the Canucks should look at trading Markstrom because he may walk. The team is in cap hell, going long-term on a goaltender that's around the age of 30 plus, probably not going to be the case with the Canucks. Let go of Markstrom, get an asset. Asset management. And that and that tweet or that clip resurfaced on Twitter, on Twitter. Straight up, straight up. And it got the people talking, right? Some of the people, some of the people. Why didn't this team get anything for Markstrom? I even heard Yannick Hansen talking about it, former Canuck. Look, look, I believe that is such loser mentality, such loser mentality. Now, that may sound somewhat surprising to you because, you know, in your mind, when you're smart with your asset management and you go for those assets instead of the moments, your intentions are success. You want the same thing. But come on. Real facts, real moments. That would be impossible. Impossible. It would be stupid. It would set a horrible tone if Benning walked in that dressing room in the middle of a playoff hunt in a city that's been deprived of anything nice with hockey for years. For years. You know how good it felt to not pay attention to the NHL draft? It felt nice. It felt nice. It would have been insane, ludicrous for this team to trade Markstrom at the deadline. It would have been, oh, it would have been gross. 
I would have felt I would have felt like a fucking loser if I was from this city and they just did that. The, the, the city's only team doing that. That that is something else. Something else. You never do that. Especially when the team is led by Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen. Uh, the reason for hope. Uh, the reason for hope. Those two, you know, they're part of that. That culture, again, that 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 environment that may allow, again, these ELCs to be more comfortable and play well when just being thrown in, in a in a pressure cooker that there's going to be pressure on this team in this organization next year. Those two, Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen, they're also part of that formula that allows, you know, a miracle, a miracle to be possible. And in this case, a miracle could be so many things. This team, again, lost their MVP. They lost Tanev. Who knows who's playing defense for this team? I think those two alone have the potential to make sure that this team still makes the playoffs, is competitive in the playoffs, and is growing towards that goal. Towards that goal. And we said it before. We said it before, people. Kyle Bowen is resting on the fact that this team... <laughs> During this decade, I know 2020 has been a little fucked up, okay? It has. But in this decade, I know for sure, yo, trust me, trust me, people, trust me. This team is winning a Stanley Cup. If led by Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen this decade. That's just a fact. And that's just another episode of Sipping on a 40. Hey, we just freestyled that one again. A lot of things changing with the program when we head into the new season. And that new season... Could be soon. Could be soon. January 1st. I haven't decided if I'm going to do much coverage during training camp. Who knows? Who knows? You might have to, right? You might have to. My name, Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Hey, check out the rest of the network. I know Bondi will be doing a lot of talking on the offseason. Hey, Trevor Beggs has a couple more episodes left before he becomes a daddy. He becomes a daddy. <laughs> Oh, I, no, Trevor, I didn't mean to press that. I, I swear. I swear. Okay, I swear. I meant to press this. Trevor Beggs becoming a daddy. Hey, I, I love that, man. Real talk, real talk. So proud of you. So proud of you. Going to be, again, the second best dad ever. Right next to my pops. Shout out to my pops, too. Again, Kyle Bowen, K-Y-L-E-B-H-A-W-A-N. Get the Nux Misconduct Network. Hear those two talk about hockey, about the offseason, wherever you listen to podcasts, go find it, give it a swipe, give it a tap. Boom, bam, you just made your hockey life a little bit better. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good night. We don't know when you're listening to this, but we, yes, we appreciate it. Peace. Straight up.